Hi, I'm Molly. And I'm Robin. And welcome to Home is Where the Murder Is. And today, <laughs> great. That sounds so cheery. And then we're talking about murder. Okay. So welcome to our podcast. We have done a few episodes, but we have not uploaded them yet. So that's what you're getting today. Lucky you. You get yeah. to hear them again. And yeah. kind of differently because obviously we probably won't be saying the exact same thing. Right. Couldn't if I wanted to. I don't know exactly. what I said. Couldn't if I wanted to. So, yeah, for a little background, um, Molly and I are both realtors. And we are commonly asked what... I can't look at this while it's doing it, so I'm just going to minimize it. There you go. Okay. Sorry, guys. But I gotta... Okay. Um, so we are commonly commonly asked if a murder has happened. Has someone died in this house? And I think any realtor probably gets that a lot. But it has sparked our interest into finding out where murders have occurred. And you would be surprised at the amount of houses that have had a murder happen in them. So, which has led us to our new venture. Yeah. So, I guess we could get right to it. Um, you probably should. Yeah, I guess it would help if I would actually pulled up my murder. I'm going to pull it up on my phone. It's easier if I do it that way because I usually have a piece of paper in front of me, but I don't. There's no paper. Okay. So, the trees. our first episode is um, the murder of Johanna or Joanna. I'm not 100% sure because I've heard it both ways. But I'm going to say Johanna. Johanna Rose Balsevich. Okay. And Johanna was born on July 30th, 1973. And she was married to Douglas Balsevich. And they started dating when she was 14 years old and he was 20. Which, not the, not ideal. Not what you really want. I, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, but that's against the law. I mean... The law, I know, yeah. Maybe not their law of love, but I don't think that it should have happened. And you know what it makes me think, too, is it's like I get 20 as young and you're still in my world a child. And you probably feel like a child, especially yeah. the guys. But yeah, to be dating a 14-year-old girl when you're 20 years old tells me everything I need to know about you. There as is something mentally unstable. Yeah. 100%. So they were married in 1991, and they were only married for six years. Who would have thought that the love did not last? <laughs> did not. No. Weird. Um, he filed for divorce in 1997. Um, while they were married, though, they did have two children, Nicole and Christopher. Oh, someone's calling me. Stop calling me. Um, so the big question on everyone's mind here is, why would he file for divorce from his lovely wife that was six years younger than him? Right. Well, it's because he's nuts. Right. Um, so over time, Doug became consumed by the belief that his wife was unfaithful with the supernatural. Which, you know, that that seems logical. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm screwing around with ghosts left and right. So. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm, all the time. You know that scene in Ghostbusters? <laughs> There's that scene in no. Ghostbusters. No. where Where the ghost undoes his belt when he's laying in bed. Nope. Yeah, I, I didn't. I need to watch it, I guess. But you don't realize it as you're younger what's happening. But when you watch it back as an adult, you're like, oh, oh, there's something going on there. Okay. Yeah. Let's put that on the to do list. Well, yep. I see that. So good old Doug became convinced that ghosts inhabited their home and that the ghosts were having affairs with his wife. Doug tried once to do an exorcism. 
and he had a witch perform a ritual there to rid the place of demons. So he's crazy. So that's nice. Well, I mean, and I, I just wonder, like, what made him think? You know what I mean? Like, what was his clue that this was even happening? You know what I mean? Like, I don't did, know. he but, didn't see, like, her belt being but, undone mysteriously, like, in Ghostbusters. So, like, where did that even come from that he would think that she would be doing that? Yeah. Well, what baffles me, too, is that he's the one that files for divorce. Yeah. Like, if my husband was saying to me, I know you're having affairs with ghosts. Yeah. Just fucking left. Well, and yeah, right. You're, it, it's not like things will probably get better. No. I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's because I'm very aware of red plagues in my life nowadays. But I literally like, mm -hmm, sounds good. Pack up the kids and get the fuck out of there. Well, something else to think about, too. She was so young when she married him. So I'm sure, in a way, he kind of groomed her, right? And she yeah. probably thought that's what she had. Like, she probably yeah. didn't really realize that she had options, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Regardless, um, he did file for divorce. But he then became completely obsessive of his wife and the idea of her starting a relationship with another man. So there's a no-win situation here. Yeah. He had told her her divorce attorney that she was afraid of him and that she slept with a knife under her pillow. And yeah. it makes you wonder what this woman must have been going through that every night she went to sleep with a knife under her pillow. Like, that, like, baffles me. Like, can you even imagine? Like No. Well, and I can't even imagine that because, like, I toss and turn at night. Mm -hmm. Like, who knows where my hands go? Like, you cut right. yourself at night. Right. Well, like, it's just it's like, I'm a big, like, let's put my hands under my pillow yeah. kind of gal. Yeah. Be some serious Well, injuries. and not only that, she has kids. Yeah. What if one of the kids came in the room to, like, right. lay by her and she stabbed him? Like, right. that's awful. Right. So, yeah. So, um, Doug told his sister-in-law that he did plan to kill Joanna because if he couldn't have her, no one could. Leading up to the murder, he was so obsessed with her whereabouts that he would page her 50 times a day, which I just had a conversation yesterday with someone about paging. Mm -hmm. Still don't understand the concept all that much. Like, I I don't know. Like, it's So you just, had, like, a code that you would send to someone. It's just weird. Or it'd be like, you just get someone's number, and then you go to a phone and call that number. Might as well just have walkie-talkies. But whatever. Kind of is, but yeah. without yeah. voice. So, um, so, yeah, he paged page her 50 times a day just to find out where she was. Um, and, yeah, oh, I put my notes here to explain a pager for the younger generation. Yeah, I just said, yeah. And, yeah. I, I needed it explained. So that's it's great. like a phone without being able to talk to people, and you have to go use we a phone We never did talk. pagers. You didn't have nope, one, right? never yeah, had one either. So we missed, nope. we missed that. Phone. I think we were just a little bit too late for yeah, that. Because we had those Nokias, those right. little bricks. So, oh. Yeah, so, oh, no. <laughs> it's fine. She, her husband is calling, so she threw the phone. So, Matt, we're busy. All right, so I'm going to get right into the crime itself, because I'm sure that's what everyone is waiting for. So, on June 3rd, 1997, which just so happens to be Doug's 30th birthday, okay? 30 years old, everyone, okay? He's still very young at this yeah. point. He had taken it upon so himself. He is 24. Four. Yep. Doug had taken it upon himself to get shit-faced, which was clearly, my words, which was clearly a bad idea given how batshit crazy he is. After he was drunk as a skunk, he forced his way into the home he used to share with Johanna. Johanna Joanna. I'm just going to, maybe I should just call her Joe. We're going to call her Joe. Yeah. 
There he attacked her with a knife and a complete battle ensued throughout the home. The attack began downstairs and ended upstairs where Joe would eventually succumb to her injuries. She had been stabbed over 40 times, all while her two and four-year-old were in the home. Awful. Can you even imagine? Was, yeah, no. Then Doug decided to leave his two children in their home with their mother's dead body. The children slept by their mother, and in the morning, they went outside where a neighbor saw them covered in blood. It was then the police were called, and her body was found. That breaks my heart. I can't even yeah. imagine those poor, poor kids. I know. So, four-year-old Christopher was quoted saying that he wanted to call police, but his mom was laying on the phone. Mm. Just keeps getting worse. Yeah. And that she falls to the floor with her eyes open, is what he said. And that's something that he'll probably remember for the rest of his life. Like that's uh which we will get into further in a right. minute here. But yeah. yes. Obviously they ended up arresting Doug because <laughs> Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> um and he was charged with first degree intentional homicide, which carries a mandatory life sentence upon conviction. Now that's important. He ended up pleading guilty to second degree homicide and armed burglary and was sentenced to forty years on each count. His attorneys had argued that he was under the influence of cocaine and alcohol at the time of the murder, so he wasn't in his right mind. I'm going to say this. This drives yeah. me insane. I get that their job is to defend, but saying that he wasn't in his right mind because he chose to put cocaine and alcohol right. in his system somehow makes it okay that he murdered someone? Right. I'll never understand people that use their choices of yeah. Altering their state of being as an excuse as to why they do something. Like, that's like me saying, like me getting completely hammered, getting behind the wheel, and then killing someone, and then being like, well, it wasn't me, it was the alcohol. Right. It's the same thing. It's a substance he that you yeah. put in your body, so you're responsible. You're still of yeah. your body, so you are still responsible for what your body does. Exactly. So that pisses me off. Yeah. I get that that's their job is to come up with ridiculous things to defend I, shitty human beings. Right. Like and can you Doug. even imagine being a defense attorney? No, I, like, I actually think about that all the time. And no, I could not. And I don't know how they do it. Well, I mean, sure, there's people that are wrong, wrongfully accused, too. Absolutely. But, like, when you know that your client has done right. what, what, I mean, you just have to, like, bullshit it's, And that's exactly what it is. It's, and, like, how can you even live with yourself? Yeah. How I don't know how I don't understand these, yeah, these attorneys go to yeah. bed at night thinking I did a good thing because he took the lesser sentence. Yeah, like you're a piece of shit for defending someone who brutally murdered a woman in front of her children. Right. I don't get it. Like I, I think they're just. This is going to sound bad, but I think they're just as bad. Like the fact that you can sit there and and then do the whole "what's my job" thing. That's bullshit. I get that, but I mean, and I know that. I know that. Criminals even have the right to, you know, an attorney and every, you know what I mean? To yeah. defend themselves. But, but but when you know that they did it. Yeah. I don't know how you do, how that, you that's go far with that. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, that's neither here nor there, I guess. So in 2017, Douglas became eligible for parole, but was denied four times, which is great. Yeah. However, he was granted parole in 2022. So last year. The Wisconsin Parole Commission Chairman, John Tate, 
was the twat waffle who granted Douglas parole on April 27, 2022. After public outcry from the public, <laughs> after public outcry from the no, public. No, they, it was the public that did the public outcry? <laughs> no way. That's what I wrote. Facts. <laughs> God, I'm good at this. <laughs> Um, and the family taking action with the help of the media, the decision was overturned with the help of Governor Tony Evers, who is a twat. Um, I said it. So Robin's still trying to decide how she feels about no, I don't guy. like him. I don't care if he helped keep some guy behind bars. I still don't like him. But we'll, I do need him to keep him behind bars again. So we'll go over that. Right. Um, yeah, I don't like him. Um, so but I'm, to each their own. But yeah, you guys can like him. I don't care. I mean, there's not many politicians that I do like. So Yeah, politicians just don't. Not my face. This one in particular just rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. (laughs) He's he's my my Donald Trump. Yeah. (laughs) He's my Donald Trump. That's the best way to describe it. Okay. So six days before this piece of shit monster was set to be released, Evers sent a letter to John Tate urging him to reconsider freeing the murderer. Mm -hmm. Note, request to Tony Evers went ignored until the media and a heavy presence from Republicans vying to defeat him in November applied pressure to him to take action. And this specific reason is one of the reasons I do not like him because I have read that that's exactly what it takes to get anything done. Now, do I think that it's just Tony Evers? Absolutely no, not. Because it's probably either side. He, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, but like, it's sad that that's what it takes like, to get yeah. a politician, any politician to hear. And that's just it. Is it makes me mad that it comes down to their affecting their re-election yep. for them to actually do something. And yep. again, it isn't just Tony Evers. No, it's, it's any politician yeah. trying to look good. But I still don't like him. So, okay. Okay. Good, good, good. So after... Unsuccessfully seeking a meeting with Tony Evers for days, the victim's family visited the state capitol on Thursday. Not this Thursday. On the Thursday. This Thursday. I, I apparently just wrote on Thursday. I don't know what on, I was saying. On that Thursday. On that Thursday. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, to force a conversation with him. The group met with Evers' chief of staff, Maggie Gao, instead because Evers was traveling. Yeah, okay. So he may have eventually kept this man in jail. But like many others, he has let loose. He didn't give a shit originally, which is fucked up. <laughs> I've said it once. I've said it a million times. Politicians and murderers are a dangerous mix. They are. I've actually never really said it before, but I said it now. But you said it in your... You thought it. I thought it. Um, one thing to keep in mind about this parole was that it was all done quietly. Like many criminals released over the past couple of years, they have been done without informing the victims or their families. Mm-hmm. Um, they've done been done very quietly under the supervision of Tate and Evers. Yeah. Um, Johanna's sister said the following had the following to say about what has happened. So I'm going to do a quote. Okay, stop. I bet you're wondering why the hell they would have even considered releasing him. Well, that's a good question. Wait. Wait. Pause. We're not in that. Well, it's just that I'm doing this on my phone. So messages keep coming up and I start saying the the letter, the words, the letter. Yeah. The words that come through. Um, So it actually says here, um, Johanna's sister said they had the following to say about what happened, but it turns out apparently I deleted that at some point. So we're never going to get to know. We'll never know. Um, So I'm just going to jump over. She said something about it. Yeah. 
and that's all I'm going to say about it. So um, I bet you're wondering, after listening to this, uh, why they would have ever even considered releasing such a monster. So there isn't a good explanation as to why he was paroled, except for the fact it, that he looked like a well-behaved prisoner. And this bothers me for the reason of, yes, I'm sure it's very easy to be well-behaved in prison. Right. You are behind bars. You're not anywhere. You're not, you're not supposed to have weapons. You're not around the public. I hate that when they say that they're well-behaved. They, his however he's acting behind bars right now will never be more important than what he did to the mother of his children. Yeah. So I don't know how a parole, parole board can sit here and be like, oh, well, you've been really well behaved for the past 20 years. And then not look at, oh, but then you brutally murdered your wife. Like, huh? To me, it just doesn't make any sense. Um, not only did he murder her, though, but he was also obsessed and, you know, obsessed with her. So it's like, what? Did you want to? Oh, Molly was sweet enough to pull it up. So I'm a sweetie. Um, so that, that statement that we were talking about. So. Jo um, Joanna's sister said the following. The idea that my sister suffered is what has got us so upset. What she went through. She ran from room to room. She fought for her life. Her two kids lay in bed with her until morning and walked to the neighbors hand in hand, one in a diaper. Now they are going to let this guy out and he has another life ahead of him. That's what I was looking for. Thank you. Oh, to Eva, she wanted to say... What on earth is this judicial system coming to? How about you let him live with you? That is the greatest thing. Yeah. And, and I, I don't know why I, why I deleted that. Probably a ghost. Yeah. Um, ghosted it. But that's exactly my point. Like, it's yeah. so easy to let these people out there because it doesn't actually affect you. Right. Right. Um, so, yeah. So, um, he ends up getting paroled. And um, the family had not been notified about it until um, until right before he was about to be released. So that's why they had to frantically try and get him to stay behind bars. So luckily, Evers did put the kibosh on his release, which I believe was really tricky to do from what I read, that it can cause a lot of legal troubles for uh, the state. But I don't give a shit. So this, this Doug guy does have another parole scheduled. It's on March 2nd, 2023. So a couple months from now. Actually, almost a month from now. Yeah. Um, which is also John Bon Jovi's 61st birthday. Right. So um, he's, um, if he ends up serving the whole sentence, he will be released on June 2nd, 2077. But he will be dead. So, so I bet you're wondering what happened to... John Tate, the guy that originally released this guy. Mm -hmm. Well, John Tate resigned after urged by Tony Evers to do so. This, of course, is after hundreds of dangerous criminals were released to the public since 2019 at the hands of John Tate and Tony Evers. There is a website completely devoted to all of the criminals that have been released due to John Tate and Tony Evers. I highly suggest taking a look at it because there's a lot of them, and it really makes you wonder. There's also... Um, there's also a website or I believe a Facebook group where they actually monitor those. And most of them, I guess, end up back in jail. So you can check those things out. I didn't get dive too far into that because I didn't want to take away from the actual important thing, which was our story here. Um, so then something that I feel boldly about uh, is that I really don't feel that this guy, Doug, should be released. 
Um, he has 55 years left on his sentence, and I absolutely think he should have to serve it because he of his he brutally murdered his wife in front of their ch- young children. Yeah. Um, he shouldn't be able to get to go live his life because he took away someone else's. And what really bothers me is that this guy has the nerve to go and continuously try to get paroled. Right. Like, you took someone's life. If I even accidentally took someone's life, I couldn't live with myself. Well, he's an awful person. I mean, right, which yeah. says it all. Which says it all. Yeah. And you want to put him back onto the streets? Why should he get to continue to live his life? He doesn't deserve to. So it it makes me extremely angry. And I really think that when it comes time for his parole to come up, that's where we all have to come together and do something about it. We got to be signing the petitions and we do have the petition on our, on our Facebook page. So be sure to check that out. And then coming up for the entire month. So starting on Groundhog Day, February 2nd, constantly going to be sharing it. We need to be talking about it, getting the, the news involved again. We got to make sure he stays behind bars. Yeah. I mean, with Tony Evers still being in office, I would hope that he would not be dumb enough to release this guy. But he's also a moron, so you got to do something. I'll be happy to send Tony Evers some letters. I'm sure you would. He might even have some already drafted up. 100% do. So one thing about um, Home is Where the Murder Is is that we always discuss the home that the murder occurs in. That's what makes us different. So um, this property occurred at 4621 West Sumac Place in West Dallas, Wisconsin. This is a three-bedroom, two-bath home, um, and it is a two-story bungalow slash Cape Cod, depending on what you want to call it. I'm going to give you a little bit about the property history. During the time of the murder, the home was actually listed for sale. I spoke with the listing agent at the time, who was a veteran realtor and a friend of mine, um, and she's been an amazing mentor to me since my days as a real estate assistant. At the time of the murder, she was in her seventh year of real estate, which is the same as where I'm at in my career. She tells me that the sellers, Joanna and Douglas, were going through a divorce, and she was, and Joanna was still living at the home as it was listed. At this time, the list price of the home was $88,900. Can you even imagine? Nope. Would that be nice? It had been listed for 72 days on the market, another crazy thing that we don't see often, No. when the murder happened. When the murder did happen, it was temporarily removed from the market, which makes sense. Yeah. The property then went into foreclosure and was relisted at $79,900 by the bank. On November 9th, 1998, that's the 28th anniversary of the John List murders. Uh I just got a whole bunch of fun facts in here. (laughs) I just started to choke. Oh. Uh Uh-oh. Oh. Good. Vomit. Uh, oh, great. <laughs> sorry. Price was dropped to 74900 on March 9th, 1999. The property then sold for 71000 on August 23rd, 1999. It then became listed on June 27th, 2008 for $167,900 and eventually dropped down to $163,680. Just as the numbers. Yeah. On October, 2000, t- October 20th, 2008. Price was dropped to $159,800 on March 24, 2009 and relisted. It did end up selling for $151 on June 9, 2009. Wait a second. Okay. Just making sure. Let's check something. All right. On March 26, 2018, it was sold for $165 after only three days on the market. So that's when things really started to heat up. Yeah. And the current owner is leaving it after. 
Um, so that's the house that's there. Um, would love to sell it if the owner wants to list it because, you know, we sell houses. That's, that's what you do. Yep. Um, but they're, yeah, they're sitting in West Dallas is a uh, murder house. So um, a little bit of update. Um, we were able to find out some information about the two children that witnessed the murder of their mother. So Nicole has is happily married with a young daughter um, who has the same middle name as her mother. And this is sad, but the little boy, Chris, um, he passed away at the age of 26 in 2019. Um, he was killed on his way home from work. Um, he left behind two young children. Mm, so because earlier you had mentioned that he would hold on to that for the rest of his life, yeah. that kind of thing. Which and, I'm sure he did. Yeah. Yeah. So it's um, it was a car accident. I, I believe like, so. Yeah. Um, so yeah, very sad um, outcome for their young son. But on the, I'm a true believer that you are reunited with your loved one. So I can only hope that he's with his mom in heaven. Yeah. And they're just having a ball up there because they're together. That's what matters. Yeah. So that was a quick rundown, a quick um, first episode, but. Um, I have places to be, so we have to wrap it up. But that is the mur very sad murder of jo Joanna Balsevich. And, again, we will constantly be talking about keeping Doug behind bars because he should stay there. And if he, yeah. get, I, if he gets out, then we will just spend the rest of our lives making his life miserable. Right? I, yeah. That's I'm what we sure do. that her family and everyone will make sure that he does not live a good life if for some reason he gets out. Yeah. So, wait, it sounds like we're threatening people out here. <laughs> um, I am. I am. Right. Molly. Molly's a sweet gal. Anyway, uh, but that was, that's our, our podcast for the day. So thank yeah. you for listening. And um, we'll be recording another one soon. We're re-recording the few that we did live right away. And then we will be coming at you with some new ones yeah. shortly. So yeah. stay tuned. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for awesome. listening. All right. Bye, homebodies. Bye.